Hey guys, welcome to Layers of Design, a podcast where we'll be sharing stories and experiences from different designers in the design field. My name is Ebehi Jerere, and I'll be your host. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Hey guys, so welcome to the third episode of Layers of Design. Today I have a guest with me, a very, very dear friend. <laughs> um, her name is Valeria. She's a <laughs> she's a young, talented, beautiful designer. I've known her for like eight years, pretty much my whole life, honestly. That sounds crazy. <laughs> I know it's a long time. And um, we went to school together. We had some design studios together. Um, I, I invited her on this episode because I think she's had so many different experiences in the workplace, out of school and in school. And I think she'll be a great guest to talk and share her different experiences about design and the workplace. So <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get started. <laughs> so Valeria, tell us a bit about yourself. Um. Okay. So my name is Valeria, as you know. Um, I'm a designer and um, I'm originally from Venezuela. I've been living in Miami for about eight years. I moved here for school and um, I really like living here. Also, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm in love with design. I love anything that has to do with design and I love creating things. I love making things and... Um, Despite all the hardships, I really love our profession. Yeah, you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a profession where you really need to be... You need to be in love with yeah. it. And I don't I don't think that most people are. And that's a little sad because, the you know, the hardships are a lot and the, sometimes the, con, the cons are a lot more than the pros. Yep, yep. But um, I can honestly say that if, if you take away... All the little things that kind of get on our nerves mm-hmm, and they kind mm-hmm. of make us mad every day. But if you if you take all of that away, I think I I would be perfectly happy. <laughs> yeah, there's something about creating and seeing your ideas come to life. Yes, it's, it's pretty. It's awesome. beautiful. It is. Um, okay, what got you into design, or what got you into architecture? Um, well, that's hard to say. Um, I think. Ever since I was a kid, I've always liked creating things and I've always loved drawing. And I think that growing up, you hear that that um, that opinion that I think every architect has heard it before where you say, oh, are you good at drawing and you're good at mm, math? Then mm, you should be an architect. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I heard really early on and it kind of stuck with me because I had always loved drawing and I was pretty good at math. And I thought to myself, okay, well, that's a possibility. And then... I think I must have been around 12 years old or so when my dad's boss invited us to his house for the day. Mm-hmm. And he was a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And he lived in a house here in Coconut Grove. And I remember going to this house and it was just like it changed me because it was one of those houses that are so different. And it was like a three-story space with all of these natural stones and woods and materials and I remember arriving at the home and it had like a zen garden and these like wooden ramps with like this grayed out ipe and I just remember it in my head being like (laughs) the most beautiful place and he had like a little hut with a buddha in it and the pool was like made to look like a natural lagoon and I was I was so mesmerized by the whole thing oh wow and I think that really marked me Okay. Um, funny story about that. I was telling I was telling this story at work not too long ago, and I decided to ask my mom if she remembered where the house was mm-hmm. because I currently work in Coconut Grove, and I thought maybe I can drive by and check out like what my inspiration was. <laughs> and so my mom, my mom is a realtor, and okay. she was able to look over the house, and she, <laughs> and I didn't have to go to it because on the realtor oh website gosh. you can see all these photos. I need to see that. <laughs> My mom sent me the link and I opened up and girl, <laughs> it does not look anything no, like my I memories. Need to see this. <laughs> like I remember it being this gorgeous space and I, it's still so vivid in my mind. Uh-huh. And w- I don't know if it's like these Emma, these realtor photos are really, you know, very, not very flattering. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, I mean, I have seen 
a million more beautiful spaces. Um, but I, I think of it as, you know, it, it really marked me and it just really matters of what it was like in my mind. And um, I still see it that way, even after seeing those horrible photos of it. It's your memories. They can't yeah, take away your they memories. They can't take it away. It's so vivid. It's so vivid. But anyway, that and... Um, yeah, I think from there it just kind of evolved and I did some traveling through Europe and saw some cathedrals and things and thought about the impact that that you can make into society and people mm -hmm. and how you can make That's people awesome. feel. And yeah. Okay. You said you love designing and creating and drawing. Do you still do a lot of like drawing and creating, yes. I guess? Um, I actually, I try to sketch as much as I can at work awesome. because I think that's something that we don't do enough. So whenever there is even if the smallest exercise of like, oh, can you sketch this floor plan out, see mm -hmm. if it works out, I like really like take out my markers and I get the trace paper <laughs> and I really try to like stimulate that part of me because I think it's all, you know, it's in us from school and yeah, from earlier definitely. and I, I really try to sketch a lot and I'm working actually on some artwork for my apartment right now mm -hmm. and that's how I kind of keep that alive. I'm very intrigued and I can't wait to see the artwork that you're working on. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I can't promise you it'll be any good because, you know, I'm not really an artist, but I it's think okay. that, but I think that when you're, I think that when you're an architect and, and when you're a designer, it's like, you kind of dive into a little bit of all that stuff Yeah, and, definitely. and there's a little part of an artist in you and a little part of a contractor and an engineer and uh, you it's know like it's we're, like we're a piece of a puzzle yes we're different pieces of yes. a whole puzzle we are actually where everything meets exactly. like we're taking the artwork from the id team and we're taking the engineer's work and we're communicating it to exactly. the contractor and i think that that's all there we're special um, like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so You've worked at, you know, different types of firms or mm -hmm. a variety of firms, both big and small. Um, so what's your preference? What would you say you prefer? Well, I think it's, first of all, I think it's hard to say what's a big firm and what's a small firm. Because Interesting. In, in Miami or anywhere, really, you see some firms that are three people. That's and true. then you see some firms that are you know a part of a corporation of mm -hmm. you know thousands of people mm -hmm. and they have a branch here and they're part of a bigger team so that to me is a humongous firm and that's almost like a monster <laughs> firm to me you know what I mean and I've never worked at one of those before but I've always been kind of at an in-between okay where it's so not... like a medium and small right okay. so I've I've worked at four different firms so far and they've all been between 15 to 45 people hmm. so they don't really operate like a corporate firm yeah. like a you know one of those huge firms but they also don't operate like a small firm and they've had more of a presence in miami and they're a little bit mm -hmm. more uh, exposed so um well what's your preference well i've i can only speak from my experience and i, I know a lot of our friends have talked to us about their experiences in a corporate firm or in a small firm and I have to say, I don't know if I'm just biased, but I have to say that I really like this medium size. Okay. Because I think that there are firms that are a little bit more established and, and more exposed. So you you get more of the that design freedom because when you have a really small firm that doesn't really have the, you know, they don't have the exposure, they, mm -hmm. they deal with clients that don't have as much money. So the design kind of lacks a little bit and so on and then you also have like the huge corporate firms that are dealing with these developers that dictate every move you make and so you also don't have as much freedom and I feel like I've actually gotten a good amount I've I've worked at firms that have a good amount of freedom considering mm -hmm. just comparing to other firms in Miami yeah so I have to say this is my preference I like the medium the medium size that's interesting I've only really worked at Really small, like three people, yeah. <laughs> or medium-sized firm. So the largest I've been a part of is about 15 people. I definitely prefer the medium-sized firm so far. I mean, mm -hmm. I've never tried a bigger corporation, but I don't think it's something I'm open to trying per se. But who knows, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm open to opportunities, so who knows. Right. Um. For the medium-sized firm, I really enjoy it because you get to do so many different things. You know, you yes. you get to play so many different roles. Mm -hmm. 
I think that also depends on, of course, the firm you work at and the way they decide to structure, I guess, the way they decide to structure their firm itself. So tell me, what are some things that have stood out for you or what stands out for you in a firm or in in the workplace? Okay, so there are different things that I've learned with each firm and there are different things that I like about each one. I don't like to focus on the negative because... I think that there is no perfect firm out there. I know. And lately you've been going through this whole positive streak. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that's how I've been feeling lately. Like I just need to keep the good vibes going. Like that's my thing Agreed. Right I agree. That's 2019 for me. Yes. Good vibes only. Me too. Me too. I've decided to just focus on the positive. So things that I've learned from the firm. Um, one of the firms that I worked at was extremely organized Hmm. and that's something that I actually haven't seen again since I've worked there and I think I don't know if that has to do with the fact that they deal with larger scale projects you know like high-end towers and hotels and things like that but when I was working there as an intern during school one of my main tasks was to keep track of the RFI log so every time we would get an RFI I would have to um put it into this log which was an excel sheet and it was extremely detailed it had you know when did it come in who read it who was copied on it what was the first response what was the second response was it solved was it closed out and it you know include sketches include photos like extremely detailed and I remember thinking to myself like wow this is a tedious amount of work just to see whether this wall is supposed to be (laughs) cut back or not or whether this pipe is supposed to be there or not i mean it's like is this this really have to be does this really have to be that big of a deal but um that's something that stuck with me and it was that they were extremely anal about the way that these rfis were organized and also about how clean the files were, the CAD file, you know, how everything had to be on the correct layer and everything had to be. And, you know, even over the ARCHICAD file, it's like I wasn't allowed to touch some things because I was an intern and and they actually set it up in ARCHICAD. You can block certain people from doing certain things. So like I couldn't even turn on a layer by myself. I feel like we need that in Revit. Yes, because some people can really mess things up. Oh, yeah. So, um... They were really strict. And I I don't want to say organized because I think every construct, every um, architecture firm is is disorganized in its own way. Okay, yeah. I thought you were going to say it's organized. But out of all the firms that I've been at, that has been the most organized that I've seen. Hmm. So that's something that really stuck with me. And then from another firm, I would say what stuck out. I worked there for a short period of time, but... Something that really stuck with me is that they had a very strong female principle. Yes. It was awesome. Was it her firm or she? Yes. It was her firm. And I met her. She was great. She seemed just, she was great. I just, I really, I really, really wanted to stay at that firm, but another opportunity arose. and, And I, and I always kind of feel like I should go back to it it's funny every time I'm in between jobs or something I always feel like that would have been a good opportunity for me because she seemed just very strong and I really liked that um and the firm was extremely established and had a really really good portfolio also that was the first time that I was exposed to interior design really and that's another passion of mine that was a really good um that was something that stuck with me and then other than that Another thing that has stuck with me from a different firm is the graphics, how important it is to brand yourself as a firm if you want to be that kind of firm that people look up to and, you know, they go on your website and they say, wow, like how important it is for everything to be so specific and everything to be so precise and this font has to be this way for a reason and it has to be placed like this and the photos have to be arranged this way and... I think that that was, um, that really stuck with me and it, it makes me see things differently now for presentation. Like every presentation has to be, you know, a specific way. Lastly, something else that has stuck with me is, um, one of these firms taught me how important it is to be a well-rounded designer in everything, right? I went through a couple of firms where I was doing specific tasks 
And this firm taught me that you can do it all. So being the point person for engineers and for clients and for consultants, but also being that connect between the interior design and the landscape and, mm. and putting it all together. And I think that that's what architecture is really about. And I think that if you're doing that, then you're doing it right. I actually think that's the point where I'm at right now. Like mm -hmm. at a firm where they're trying to show us that you can do it all. If you're there, then you're doing it right. Right? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and it's also really cool that it's, it's oh, run by a woman. Yes, yes. I love that completely because for me, I'm a female. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's really awesome seeing these women in power that motivate you. It's like Definitely. seeing an actual role model. Like you can do it, you know, sure, yeah. in a profession that's so dominated by men. Yes. It's great to just see this woman that's doing everything. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So I was going to say that it's great. Different firms have specific things that they actually focus on. Mm -hmm. I feel if you perch on like different little firms, you kind of become like a yes. well-rounded designer. What's your ideal workplace? What would you say it is? Um, okay, so I think that that's a trick question, Ebehi. <laughs> because it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect answer. Um, the perfect workplace <laughs> does not exist. And that's not... I think that that's, that's the reality of every single workplace. I don't think it's just our profession. But um, if you were to ask me exactly what my ideal thing is, I'm about to get very unrealistic because I'll tell you exactly go what ahead, I would Go ahead, go for it. So one of the things is that something that you were talking about is being surrounded by uh, strong female leads. Okay. And that's something that I think it's super important. And actually at my current workplace, I work with almost all women. That's great. It's, it's actually, I mean, it's super rare, but it's about, it's a ratio of like seven to three or something like that. <laughs> and it's all women and I love it. Um, I think it's great to see women running things and working together. And that's something that really inspires me. And I think it inspires not just us, but, you know, like the interns that come in and the people that get to know the firm and the clients and the GCs, they'll come in and they'll be in a meeting on a table with four other women and you know it's something that I think it's almost it's super progressive and futuristic and inspiring I love it so that's definitely on my list <laughs> I wonder if that's intimidating I wonder too to someone who's not always surrounded by female leads especially in the design profession yeah yeah I think that for an old man it's probably <laughs> it's probably a little intimidating but I'm not gonna lie I kind of get a kick out of it <laughs> So you were gonna you were gonna say ideal workplace. Yes. Okay, so that's one thing. I think the older I get, the more I realize how important to me personally is like a work life balance. Um I think it's it's really hard to find that. And it's it is. it's like it's just something that's very important to me. I know people that have no problem coming in every Saturday to work from nine to six. And that's something that to me is just like if you could come in do your nine to six every day be satisfied with the amount of work that you do and the quality of the work and go home and be able to relax and spend time with your family and your friends or do your side projects or your hobbies or whatever it is that would be ideal to me i do agree with you there's definitely a need for that work-life balance but you know, something you just said struck me because I wonder if we're expected to do more than the regular yes. nine to six. Yes, right? definitely. Because I mean, I go in at like 6.30 in the morning Yes, and I come back five, six. That's a mm -hmm. full on 11 hour to 12 hour day. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, when we talk about work-life balance, do we only mean like working the week and then resting the weekend? I don't know. I wonder if that's really, to me, that's not really a work-life balance you know i think that just depends on the person on the person like i think a lot of people would have your schedule and say this is a work-life balance and then for me that's if, true i love to I chill on my weekends right Oof. right like <laughs> i think i think that just depends on each person and i think that for women specifically that's a tricky situation because we want to show that we're capable and oh, that yes. and that we're equal to men in this profession and that we're capable of it's all like the same things. It's like a constant struggle. So we want to prove ourselves. Yeah. But at the same time, that could be a double-edged sword. Like yeah. that could be something that kind of, it's like if you're a female, you're expected to stay late and to do but all these But then you're also expected to be home. Exactly, <laughs> right. And you're expected to be home and to raise a family and do all the things that 
women do, but I think that that it's it's really a personal thing. I would say that the healthiest way to go about it is to to get stuff done, but in a way that just works for you. So mm-hmm. I think that if there's a if there's a balance, then that's where it comes from. It has to be an average out of all these women. Like this is what works for them, and then that's how we find a balance, and that's how we progress. But yeah, um, yeah. We were talking about your ideal workplace. So you said all women or mostly women. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I think I, even, I, I think I mean I think even at fifty percent would just work for me. But, I know, you know I know, but I understand. I, I think what I'm you getting mean. I'm getting like dreamy. Yeah, I mean you're a designer. Yeah. We get dreamy. At that at that point, it's like you're just being spoiled. You know, I'm like be realistic here. No, but no, but it's I true. Wish. Um. I just, I think that women work really well together, despite of all the idea of women like being catty and things like that. And I can tell you, I haven't run into that. I think when it comes down to it, majority of the women, at least the ones I've come across, we tend to support ourselves in in like the workforce. Yes. You know, no one is trying to bring anyone down. Yes. Especially because the people that are at the bottom of the food chain, I guess you can say, they look up to the leaders. And if it's a strong female role, like... You want to get there. Man, you just, yeah, you just really appreciate it. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine any woman that would come into work and and not be super dreamy about it and fangirl over. I wonder (laughs) if that's because we've been like almost deprived of that luxury. I think we've been told that it's a man's world. (laughs) It's a man's man's world. Profession and, and yeah. yeah. That's us with everything. Yeah. And we're lucky because we both work at places that that value that and that and that are progressive in that way but i'm sure there are girls out there that are working at a firm where where they feel alone yeah they feel you know they need that support that push yeah i've heard stories before and and it it makes me feel terrible actually it makes me feel really bad for that what kind of girl well about um girls that work at a mostly male firm and then feeling uncomfortable about comments and gestures and and like sexual harassment and things that i just like that's a big one it's just terrible it's terrible i can't imagine being in that place and i've been very lucky to not be in that place but it's a reality and you know it's something that that should be addressed i think women are also so detail oriented and very you know design oriented as well I wonder what, you know, what's keeping us from really populating the yeah. design world. I mean, I think it's families mostly. I, that's true. I once met a woman <laughs> who's, who's a very successful architect here mm-hmm. in Miami. She has her own firm. And she told me um, that she gave up architecture for a long time to take Damn. care of her family. She has four kids. And... She took about a 10-year gap, and to get back in, it was it's so hard. hard. I mean, a one-year gap, and you're yes, already but lacking. I mean, it's like, I think that that fact and that idea really discourages women when really this woman is out there winning all these awards, and she's making amazing things happen, and it's like, it's possible. Yeah, it is you know, possible. It's possible to, even if you if you really have to take that gap, and if you really have to dedicate some time to your family and to raising your kids and and all of that and i think it it is possible to do it all but i definitely think women sacrifice a lot more definitely so much more because i also you know i also know this lady that really successful okay and she has a family and all of that but you could almost see like it's either she's doing really great in her in her career or like her fam, like she's spending a lot of time with her family. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel men are just going in yeah. with the career, with the career, and yeah. they're thriving. It's crazy. And- I I mean I see so much guilt in my office from oh. mothers. Yeah, and it's sad because they think like, oh, like I should be at home, or I should be there for this moment, or I should be. It's it's hard. <laughs> it it is. It's hard it is because hard. also I mean it really depends on who you ask. I I grew up with my mom working all the time and mm-hmm. she was always working and I had a nanny as it, it's very common in Venezuela for people to grow up like that but um I never once felt like I had any sort of contempt or or regret in my childhood that I didn't spend more time with my Same. mother because yeah. I looked up to her so much yeah. and I wish that more moms you know it's it's not that they don't think that way but I'm sure that that guilt of being a mother and not being able to be there for every single moment 
you know, it gets to you. But I wish that more moms realize that in the long run, it inspires you, it the inspires daughter. your daughter. So do you feel, I guess, do you feel more challenged or do you feel like you're constantly on your feet or, or have you ever felt that way? Like you constantly have to struggle for, I don't know, a project or to get your voice heard? Yes. I mean, I think that that's something that you feel not just as a female, but as mm-hmm. a student from architecture school, you're expected, oh. you're expected to, to do your best and to succeed and to be above. And it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But I think that in the workplace, it really depends on where you work. work. Because okay. I think that there are some pressures that are good and some pressures that are kind of unhealthy and not fair and don't really encourage you to grow as a person. I think that there are some some workplaces that pressure you to be better in a way where you feel like everything that you're doing is not good enough. And then there are some firms that kind of nurture you a little bit more and they they reinforce your your achievements rather than bashing you for your failures i agree with everything you just said (laughs) (laughs) personally i've had like a couple of encounters where i feel like i've had to struggle you know even if it's just getting my voice heard or trying to get on one project or the other i personally think a lot of it was coming from maybe because i was the only female at the office But I've seen, I've taken all of that experience and I've seen how it helped me grow. And I do wish I had it like different in the sense where they were trying to nurture me more than, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a tactic or if it was just how it was. They didn't really care about how any employee got ahead. So now when I think more about it, there's only so much you can do exactly. to think about it. Exactly. There's but a point where you have to let it go. Let oh, oh, of course, of course. But I feel when I think back, you know, I don't think it was necessarily anything targeted at me. I think it was just the way the firm was set up. Like, it wasn't a firm where they necessarily pushed employees, whereas there are other firms where they really encourage employees to step up and go and they kind mm-hmm. of almost spoon feed you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was more of a firm where it was like, eh. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Sure, right. here's a right. project. So, but the kind of person I am or the kind of designer I am, I I always tend to want to fight for something. Because to me, architecture is so special. It has a meaning for me, you know? Of so I always, want, I always wanted a place where it's kind of like they, they show me and they encourage me that architecture is for helping the community. I think every time you feel something like that, it's like you have to listen to your gut. Yes. Like, I think that if you're working at a place where you're not satisfied and you don't feel like your skills are being used to the best of their abilities, like if you really feel like they're not... Challenging They're not challenging Mm -hmm. you, but not only that, but it's almost like you think like these people are paying me every day. They should be getting the best of me. Then it's like, it's a lose-lose. It is. It's not just me not getting the experience that I should be getting and the growth that I should be getting but it's also you're not paying me to just sit here and not do everything that I'm capable of doing yeah and sitting around honestly is tiring like nine to five just sitting around doing almost nothing no I've been there before I've been there before and I think (laughs) I think a lot of people especially in their first jobs have experienced that lack of trust and that sort of like busy work period and it's awful i mean it's awful and it's like we're you know we just got a master's degree and we're capable of so much more so much so much more (laughs) and if and if you really just challenged us you would really get your money's worth you know what i mean yeah oh yeah (laughs) because we're ready to work i mean we went to school for what five six years yes and we were on a constant you know non-stop like work work produce so we're already mentally programmed to just work and get it done it's just unhealthy for us to stop that like it is rhythm. Unhealthy. I mean, it's like you're on you're on a schedule, and then you just sit there, and you're like, it's okay, funny. how many times can I look at Pinterest today? Because my project manager hasn't even looked at me all day. You know? Oh yeah, I've been that there. project manager neglect. Yes, mm. yes, mm. it's real. It's real. It's real. <laughs> and honestly, I feel sometimes the project managers are just so busy. Yeah. That they don't even know. And they're under so much pressure. Oh, so much pressure. But but see, that mentality of like not being able to delegate correctly, that comes from up, 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 above. Like if a project manager doesn't feel like they're able to trust you with something, it's because whoever is above them haven't given them the okay to say, hey, trust trust them, them, give them 
this and give them the ability to prove themselves and and i think that the risk is a lot more of losing rather than winning like mm-hmm. you're gonna get a lot more of a probability of doing of getting good work from somebody who has graduated and has gotten a master's degree and is eager and has, to work and and yet has gone through your application process and you've decided that they're good enough so just give them the chance to prove themselves i mean it's yeah. it's really not that hard but again <laughs> that comes from management above. above that is something that trickles down so a lot of this stuff is like i think a lot of these frustrations with new designers it's it's like a lot of frustration with your project manager or whoever your supervisor is and it's almost like taking a look at the firm and realizing what are their ideals and their values and and how they're deciding to run the firm yeah and, And that's something that is not easy to do. It's not. Because I find it now that whenever I have to delegate, it's a little hard. It's really hard to delegate. It's hard for me to trust that person. I'm, I'm so used to, to... To doing it on your own. Right. You know, one thing my boss actually told me, he really stressed the point of delegating and learning how to give people, other people your tasks. Because he's like, if they don't get it done, then you're never finished. Because right. at the end of the day, it's your task. Mm-hmm. So you need to give the work away. That's your first task, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. to give the work away, then come back and do the other things to round everything up because right. if you're done with your own thing yeah and you in quote delegated mm-hmm. you still have a bunch of other stuff to do yeah it's i think it's something that takes a lot of practice to it does delegate it. it definitely does and and you know also taking the time to double check everything i mean it's almost sometimes it feels like you're doing the work twice but you're yes. not yes you're not you're helping yourself and you're helping the other person progress they learn yes and, and that's there, what and we there want have been, i don't know about you but there have going. been so many times where I've delegated something and I'm really not expecting that much because I'm thinking, well, like maybe this person. And then you're surprised because you're like, wow. That happened to me this, recently. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we're done. It's okay, like, I it's can like, go home. It's a great feeling. It's <laughs> it's like getting to my head. I'm like, I should be a project manager. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's getting to my head. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But it's, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> No. So would you like to own your own practice? I don't know, man. You I don't think know? that's a really hard question for people at our level. I think that we see our bosses and we see how stressed out they are. Okay. And I think that, I think you have to be a very specific kind of person, person. to own your own mm-hmm. firm. But at the same time, it's almost like a dream for everyone. Yeah. Like you almost Like went, building your own house. Yes. It's almost like you went into this, oh, that's that's one thing. Like in school, I was like, Oh, why did you choose architecture school? And everyone is like, I to wanted to build my, my own house. And everyone is like, do better. <laughs> like, do better than that. <laughs> and it's almost like you knew that you weren't supposed to say it, but at the same time, you're like, damn, my house would be so dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. You know, I I don't have that dream. I don't want to build my own house. Really? Yeah. I, I don't want to build my oh, own man, house. Oh, man, I would love it. But I, now that I have been here for a while, I realize how almost impossible that task is and it's i think you'll build a perfect house though yeah you should build your house for me to see your house Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you i thought you were speaking in general but that was a compliment thank you (laughs) no but i don't want to build i've never had that dream ever i don't know it's so weird so when we got to architecture school the whole oh my gosh i want to build my house i was like Oh, really? I don't want to build my house. Like, no. And it's funny that you say that because I'm obsessed with Zaha. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Love Zaha. I know. May she rest in peace. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm obsessed with her. So, the other day, I was reading a bunch of interviews. I was actually trying to see how she distressed. Right? But she didn't. Exactly. But, you know, I was just like... I think that's the reason why she passed away. Oh, yeah. She put work... She she was intense. Yeah. She was way too intense. She was. But, hey, you know, it worked out for her. I've heard stories of Saha. And I've heard... (laughs) Look, I I think to myself, like, I want to be as successful as Saha, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or I want to be as strong as she is and respected. But... I think she did. Sh- she did not sound like a healthy person. And I think more strong and respected from her and her her drive. Yeah, you know. But yeah, like you said, I I I don't think I necessarily want all of her work ethic. Right, but I think it's also like one of the first, if if anything, the first um, female architect that a lot of people have looked up to and, and has they really gone on the radar. It's like overall, she was overworked and 
and stressed out all the time and just in a terrible mood. I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think somebody, I think it was Rem Coolhouse that said in her obituary that she was a bitch. Oh, wow. In a good way. He said it in a good way. He meant it as the best compliment. But I think that for you to be the first recognizable female architect to have that amount of success in this day and age, I feel like that was probably a necessary thing. Yeah. And she, I hope she, that she took one for the team. Right. Exactly. And I think that for us, it's hopefully not like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that there's going to be a lot of um, female architects that are going to be um, respected and recognized and successful without having to like sacrifice yes. every your health, single thing, your mental well, you know, and your physical health. So in the interview I was reading, one thing she said was that she didn't, I mean, she was like, what's rest, <laughs> you know, oh what's distressing. Okay. But then she also mentioned she didn't regret the way, you know, almost like she didn't regret the way she lived her life. Mm-hmm. If you see it from her side, it's almost like, you know, personally, I'm looking for a healthy balance where I can thrive as a great wife, as a great um, mother, but also thrive and make a mark in architecture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my goal. But for yeah. her, she was probably just focused yes. on all of design. Right. But the reason I brought up that interview, so I was reading it and someone, the person asked her, oh, do you... Like, did you ever dream of designing your own house? Because they were actually, it was actually a tour of her inter- of her apartment. But one thing that stood out was that she didn't have a kitchen. And she was like, it was ugly, so I got rid of it. That was funny. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so they asked her if she wanted to design, if she ever dreamt of designing her house. And she's like, no, I would hate to live with my mistakes every day. I mean, I think that's so true. Right? That and so I was like... True. I have a friend whose boss is designing his house right now. And it's been about four years since he designed it. And now it's in construction and he hates it. Oh. It's the worst. <laughs> I, but I think... I mean, like, I, I get, so, like... Like, so he, he doesn't hate it, but he says to himself, like, I was in a different mindset. I was Exactly. And, like... Like, indecisive, almost. Like, yes, the yes. year changes, the trends change. You're like, ooh, but I, I want th- this But I mean, instead. I think you have to be smart about it. I think that there are definitely ways to design something timeless. Yes. And, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that you just have to be really, really careful that you're not following any trends. But or then won't that, that almost take forever? Oh, Yeah. That will take, I mean, like, it's almost an impossible thing. That's why I'm telling is. you, I don't think it's a realistic thing. <laughs> like, I don't think I probably won't get there. And I'm, I mean, I'm okay with that. But, um, yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't yeah, have that dream. Yeah. I, I would love to see, I would love do, to see Gabriel's even after house. everything. Oh. <laughs> Gabriel's house would be interesting. It will be. It will, I just want a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I want a big kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what were we talking about? How did we get here? That's how you can tell it's been a good conversation. Right? I feel with you, it always goes on. Yeah. It goes on. We've always been good at this. I know. I know. We have good chemistry. We do. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was talking about your practice. The connection between designing my own house and the fact that I design other people's houses every day. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I do have like a deep love for residential design. I know you do. I just love houses i love like how personal it is and the little um, details i just i don't know if it's because i've had the most experience in residential homes but i just feel like when you create these huge you know condos and things it's like impersonal it's so impersonal and you're assuming so much and there's something really good about um about getting to know that person and, and making it work and designing a space that people feel happy in every day mm-hmm. um but i think that that's something that i've always really liked i think even from the moment that i started visualizing being an architect i picture creating like i mean i was really young i mm-hmm. mean i pictured creating like these little nooks where people would go in to read and it was like a special little place with like a ladder or or uh, like a secret room, like okay. you know, like I I was always really into that. This so. is why I say I can't wait to see your house. <laughs> I'm gonna have a secret room for sure. Like where we drink. I'm gonna wine hide it day. from the city. No, it's not gonna be on the plans. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> 
But we were we were talking about if you would have your own practice, but you said you're not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I think that it's a lot of pressure, especially because today we've been talking about the perfect workplace. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's really, it's a lot of pressure to have that many people's happiness under your umbrella. <laughs> I was talking about that with a friend think today. Think about it. Oh you have gosh. to keep so many people happy and it's just a lot of pressure and... I'm I like to be well liked, you know? Like I don't I'm not ready for, for to be called a bitch. Yeah. I mean, to be honest at this point, I take the bitch as a compliment. I yeah. take that as a compliment, but I don't I don't want to be so responsible for for so many people in that way. But um when it comes to having the freedom of making my own spaces and and creatively having that that amount of freedom, then yes. I would love to, but I see the stress and I see in this business how long it takes for you to be able to do that and how long it takes to financially the freedom of doing that. And it's just hard. I feel it like is. it's too hard. I don't know if I'm willing to dedicate my life to that. You know, I actually, that's a dream of it mine. It all goes back to that work-life balance. The work-life balance. I want to have my own practice. I can I see I think it. I'm addicted to the stress. You it's, are. I am. I, I don't know why. It's you just, just, you can't sit around it's like just, just doing about... like the normal things people do. You got to go above and beyond and do a podcast. It's just something about, I know, <laughs> it's like my little baby on the side. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's just something about always going. I don't know why. But... I think it's something that we can all expect from you, to be honest. Well, thank you. I will take that as a compliment because <laughs> I'm addicted to the stress. Yes. I think you <laughs> like, I think you like the influence. And mm. I think that's the best. I mean, I honestly think that's the best part of architecture is the influence that yeah. you have on people. Yeah. And I think that you're... That is it. You're that right. you really like that. And I think I that's do. one of the reasons why you have this podcast is because you were able to influence so many young minds or old. I mean, I don't know. But you're... Um, <laughs> but you're able to have that influence. And I think even in your projects, you can always see... From school, I just I remember you wanting wow. to have that influence yeah. on people, and that's the best part of architecture. And it I is. can I can totally see you doing that. Thank you, thank you. That means a lot, actually. It gives me <laughs> it gives me hope. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. I've I've always wanted to have my own practice, and you know, I was talking about the thing you just said. You can't really make so many people happy, like your employees. Mm -hmm. I was actually having that conversation with a friend of ours, like today or yesterday. And we were talking about the ideal workplace. And we came to the conclusion that it would be a workplace where the lead would have to recognize that everyone else has their, their own personal goals. Mm -hmm. You know, that mm -hmm. people can come in and they could decide to stay at your firm. But you, you kind of have to make it an environment where people can come and feel, okay, I'm here right now, but these are my goals. Right. And would you help me grow? Would you help me yes, take on, you know? Definitely. So because I was there like, are definitely yeah. things that you can put up with of if course. you see the light. Like, exactly. If you see, like, okay, so maybe my salary is not great, but, but, they, at least but they value this, me this, here. This. I'm valued and I'm being given freedom and I'm, I'm able to learn so much. And those are the things that keep people at a workplace. It does. It does. Because there's never going to be perfect, but you just have to make sure that the pros outweigh the cons. The cons, yeah. And it, in a lot of workplaces now, or at least I've experienced that, the bosses almost forget mm -hmm. that you have your own goals. In the mm -hmm. sense that they want you, you know, they welcome you, sure, come work for me. It's this whole tiptoeing around if you want to leave or if you have an idea like, oh, in two years, maybe I want to move to another firm to learn this other thing. Right. And you that's know? another thing is that millennials are so used to switching. switching. We're spoiled, but I love it. I mean, I think that that <laughs> might be a whole different topic, but I think that we just, you know, we want the best. We see the we possibilities. We, we see the possibilities. Yes. We, because we are so exposed to so many different things. And yeah. I think that's one thing for women now. We we see that we have we power. We can have power. Yeah. So why not? Why Definitely. not grab it? Definitely. <laughs> so millennials, keep going. <laughs> keep <We're>... going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think uh, our parents' generation, or maybe our grandparents' generation, they're so used to working one job their whole lives. Oh, yeah. And they think... You know, this is this is what it is. You go to one company, you stay with them. That's how you get all the things you get. But I think that 2019, <laughs> we're here and we're like, well, 
I know what you can do for me. I have me. options. I have options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what it is. But I mean, I also think that there's a side of it that's a little bit unhealthy that we're always looking to the next big thing. We're always we looking are. to the next best thing. And you, you can, you can blame it on technology, you know, how we're so used to instant gratification and and you can blame it on all that's those things. But I think, I think that, right, that's a whole other topic. But I think overall, we're making a better workplace for the people that come after us. Yeah, it's more about, I think it's also a lot about the people after you. Yeah. Like getting out of this selfish mindset of me, 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 I want to do all right. about me. I just thought about something else that would be my ideal workplace. Okay, we never actually finished <laughs> talking about your ideal workplace. I know it's just such a hard question. Come on, it is. I mean, it is. It we is. want we're millennials. We want so much. We want everything. But something else that I think is super important, and I think it's something that there's a lot of hype about, but not a lot of action. Okay, is about working at a firm that does a lot of green building. <gasps> Yes. And sustainable buildings. Like that is something that is so it's so important oh God, to us yes. in school. You know, that's like they drill it into our brains. We have like three sustainable courses and two sustainable studios and and it's like we're so drilled into it and then when you come around to the workplace and your client is like how much are these solar panels going to cost me? I mean, is it really going <laughs> to And you're like, "Okay, but you should." And it's like I wish that... It was taken more seriously Yes, almost. yes. I think that the, there has to be a point where firms say, like, look, this is a hard no for me. Like, I need to be make sure that this building is somewhat sustainable. I, I agree. Can't just... But I think that also goes back to, the, like, the manufacturers of these products. Like, they also need to be more... The products are out there. It's just they're not affordable. Exactly. That's it. They, because, I mean, if the products are affordable, of course the clients are going to eat it up. Of course. Because most clients want affordable. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I mean, this all goes into a much bigger problem about green being so expensive overall. Even recycling yeah. costs yeah. you money. And, I mean, it just sucks. But that's definitely uh, an, an ideal, ideal thing. It's funny that you mentioned the whole... Um, firms not being sustainable and green. The other day, I was thinking about how much paper we use. Up. Oh my god! You know, it I, makes me so okay, anxious. I actually have a suspicion that my building is tricking us mm. into thinking that they recycle when they don't. <laughs> so we use so much paper, and ever since we moved into this brand new building, <laughs> we're thinking like, okay, this building has got to recycle. It's a brand new building, and it's also I'm actually living right now in mm-hmm. a brand new building that doesn't successfully recycle. So, oh, but anyway, so this building tells us for the longest time, look, we can't recycle right now. We have to wait for this. We have to wait for that because it's a new building. And then now they told us, okay, yeah, we're recycling, but we all have a suspicion that when they come and bag up the trash that it all goes to the same place no i don't think they actually recycle <laughs> but we still like separate it we it's still time to like follow the truck yes yes <laughs> and i actually have a, a co-worker who has been really great at kind of opening our eyes into you know like you go to the office and even when you go to the kitchen to have lunch there's all this plastic wear that you use and things and she's actually really obsessive about it and she has made everyone kind of like second guess it and we've been getting like these little bamboo forks to like (laughs) i want a bamboo fork yeah they're actually not expensive like i think that she has really helped to change our mindset on things and i think that as architects we're responsible for that kind of thing we are to save the environment and she's actually you know she got this she told me the other day she's doing like a lunch and learn for the whole office where she's gonna like educate us on how we can be better at this because i mean there's just so much information out there that sometimes I feel like it's almost like it just blinds you almost because you there's so much that you need to and there's so much of new information that comes out every day that you feel like nothing you do is good enough for mm-hmm. the environment. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely ways to help and she has the answer. So she's going to educate us. <laughs> you and need to I educate think, me after that. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but I think, but maybe you should be the person to educate the people at your workplace. Oh, 
you know, I try. I save the 11 by 17s and I'm like, reuse them yes, for markup. Yes, Why can't we reuse the 11 by Definitely. 17s? There is a little bin at my office that says reuse paper for it's whenever we're desk. doing a sketch. <laughs> and no, she has it actually right next to the printer. Oh, I need to do that. And I think that whoever is listening, you know, mm-hmm. you can be the person to educate your do office. It. About little things that you can do, like reusable paper. Whenever you print out, like your PM looks over it, does a couple red marks on it, and then you just throw it out. No, yep. you can use that again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and use it for another red mark. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> use it for another red mark. Yes, and there have been times in our office where a PM will get a set, and then they're looking over it, and in the back of each page, it's a completely different project, and they're like, "What's this?" And you're like, "Well, <laughs> we're trying to be green." <laughs> And they need to get used to that. They they do. Everyone needs to. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to thank have you. you. It's been so much fun. <laughs> but before you go, I want to ask you, what's a space that you can't get your mind off of that you've been to and you just, it's, it's just sat with you? Well, you know what? I actually haven't personally been to this space, but something that I've been thinking about for a while because I'm working on a specific project that has that same aesthetic and that same style um give me one second <laughs> okay my listeners can't see instagram but <laughs> but i can call it out <laughs> one of my co-workers actually showed me this space because she was looking at my sketchup model <laughs> and okay. she was like i was yeah i was like you know i'm not sure about this metal roof like this sort of style in miami i don't really know if it makes a lot of sense and she worked at a firm at a small boutique firm that um pulled this off really well in the middle of coconut grove and when she showed me this space i was all about it so i'll tell you right now the firm is called upstairs studio architecture and they did this little addition to a home that is all dark gray metal roof surrounded by this landscape and it has that pitched room farmhouse style Mm. that you would never think would really work in miami but it's in miami it's in coconut grove and I just really love the style of it, especially the interiors of it. It's something that really speaks to me. So um, if you take a look at it. Okay. So the firm is called Upstairs Studio Architecture. Okay. And the project is called A Minimalist Bungalow in Miami. (laughs) Oh? It's a little addition and I'll show it to you right now and you can get the reaction. But this is an addition to the house. It's a small farmhouse style pitch roof area surrounded by lush green beautiful miami landscape (laughs) and i just love the finishes the interior space is amazing the way they decorate it look at that that's beautiful it's just so simple it is clean and but you know it has this um like warm homey feel too yes i love it and i love that they pair these sort of warm colors and, mm-hmm. and materials with the sort of more stark um, architecture around it. I really love that. So it's it it's in the space. details. It's all in the details. <laughs> Look at that. Look at those beams. The hammock. Oof. That's a perfect touch. Yeah. It's like they, they have these little spaces around the house that... Um, they're, they're really cozy spaces. You guys should really check this out. So what are they called again? Upstairs Studio? Upstairs Studio, Inc. And the name of the project? South Miami Retreat by Mari Carmen Martinez, Upstairs Studio, Inc. So guys, go check that out. Valeria's current dream space. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate every tune in, every like, share, and comment. Talk to you soon. Bye.